0: podcast what's good thank you all so much for listening i have some very very good news i now have a hub for every piece of content i release you will not want to miss out on this so go to youtube right now search hampton hoops and subscribe to never miss a beat now let's get into today's show let's get it what's up what's up coop how you doing my guy as always surviving and thriving how are you I'm good, man. I love to hear that. We have five very exciting teams to get into today. We are in the Northwest Division, and we're going to kick this whole thing off with a team that is coming off a two-time back-to-back MVP in Nikola Jokic. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets a little bit. Um, their offseason moves, it was a guy. It The, the headliner was them – extending Nikola Jokic they also signed Bruce Brown in free agency they traded for KCP from the Wizards Ish Smith was involved in that trade they also drafted Christian Braun with their first round pick and DeAndre Jordan still out here playing basketball so he just signed he signed a deal with the Denver Nuggets as well Coop what are your first impressions of this Denver squad and where do you see them going this year
1: So I like this squad. Um, The biggest concern I have with them is injuries. Um, You got uh, Jamal Murray coming back. I'm not as worried about him because even if he's not 1,000% himself, they still missed him bad Mm -hmm. last year. They missed the number two next to Jokic, and I think he's going to make a massive impact coming back, even if he's not even 1,000% himself um, because they needed him. My biggest concerns come from MPJ and Aaron Gordon. Um, I'll, I'll start on Aaron Gordon, then hit MPJ. Aaron Gordon was absolutely garbage. And I, that's the only way I can phrase it. That playoff series he had, I literally, we, we talked about it. I said halfway through the series, I was like, if they have any shot of winning this, Aaron Gordon has to average more than seven points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't trade for him to be their second guy. They didn't even trade for him to be their third guy, but they needed you to be a guy. And mm-hmm. You're not even being that. Um, he has to play better. Um, or they have to get off of him. But MPJ really does concern me because his scoring is needed, um, especially with not knowing what Jamal's going to look like. But him being 22, 23 years old, maybe 24 now, and to have this many backs problems is scary. They paid him like they want him to be their third guy, and he's just not on the court. And it's, it's scary because you just got through talking. You have two-time MVP, Jokic. And he's going to get your team to the playoffs. He did it last year with a, Absolutely. With a bunch of bunch of bums. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I say that literally because that's what it was. He needs his help. They've got people around him if they're on the court, and if they're healthy. They don't even have to play all-star type level. They just have to play at, at all. And mm-hmm. uh, that's my biggest concern. I think they're going to be a good team. Um, we talked about them yesterday as in our top six. I'm going to keep them there. I don't know where in that top six, but that's kind of where I have them. Um, but what are your thoughts on them right now?
0: Um, right now, I I really, really like where they are. I'm really high on them. We're talking about them being in my top five for Western Conference picks. By the way, we're going to rank all five of these teams at the end of the video. So be sure to stick around for that. But, uh, my two biggest thoughts are the obvious ones. It's Jamal Murray coming off of ACL surgery. It's MPJ coming off that back surgery. How are they going to look? And on a, on a lesser level for the Denver Nuggets, they have two really, really exciting second-year players returning for them. I look at Zeke Naji. What can he be? Can he work his way into that Mike Malone rotation? Uh, Bones Highland, a guy who just dropped 62 in a pro-am and, you know, had a little scuffle there. But what can Bones Highland be? Can he blossom into, you know, a 13, 14, 15-point-per-game type of guy if MPJ goes back down? You know, we'll see. There's a lot of... Young guys to be excited about in Denver. Jokic finally has help around him because they were a really, really good team when Jokic was on the floor, and they were an all-time worst team whenever, as soon as he walked over to the bench. Hopefully, they can fix that. If they fix that, they're going to be a top-four seed in this tough, tough Western Conference. When I look at their biggest question, man, uh, it was the obvious, you know, the headliners, Jamal and MPJ, but another um, low-key one is who's going to be their backup center? Jeff Green got a lot of those minutes last year. They just signed DeAndre Jordan. I feel like he's been, you know, he's had multiple shots now at being a backup center and he cannot hold on to that position anywhere right now. I'd rather have DeMarcus cousins as my backup center than DeAndre Jordan. That's just me. I'd run Jeff Green out there and, you know, see, see where it takes you, but how do you feel about um, what questions do they have really besides those MPJ and um, that Jamal Murray question?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly completely forgot that they signed DeAndre Jordan because the fact that he still makes money in the National Basketball Association just shocks Crazy, me. Crazy, man. Because um, he might be one of the most and biggest liabilities on a basketball court at this moment in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. You're always the one that brings it up. They said the thing that if they put him in uh, a basketball court and they say you're not allowed to go on the paint, yes. he would never score the ball. Uh, and it's just one of those things. Um I'm honestly going to hit on two things that I love. Um, you've hit on them a little bit, and I didn't even think about Bones Highland, and I love Bones Highland. So the fact that you brought that up, I love that. But I really do love Christian Braun. Um, I think they got a really good player. I don't know if he's going to help them right now. I feel like this is a great backup plan if you have a guy like MPJ or, heck, even uh, guys they got in trades in KCP or Bruce Brown. They got free agency, who I love both of those uh, pickups, by the way. I feel like this is a good guy to put in uh, to your rotation. If something were to go down with one of those guys. Um, and I love KCP and Bruce Brown. I really wanted uh, Bruce Brown to come to the Grizz. Cause I think he's just a great basketball player. He fits a role and he's going to play that role really well. So other than the injuries and um, as you kind of hit on the backup center, this team really has a good roster top to bottom. They have a great coach, Mike Malone uh, who's going to have them in the right places at the right time, hopefully. But uh, this team has a really good chance to be a really good team. They just have to put it all together, have to stay on the court and have to gel really cuz I feel like they don't really get that much opportunity to play together, so that's a bit major key too.
0: Absolutely. And can can they roll the ball out there and just be just fine with MPJ, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic and two young cats are only expecting some PT as well? Can everything fit, okay? I think it can because Nikola Jokic is going to be the easiest guy in the NBA to fit with. He's going to get you the ball. He's going to get everyone their touches before he even gets them himself. He's he's a really selfless guy. He's the best big passer in NBA history, and it's by a wide margin. So I think outlook on Denver right now. I, I'm very very excited and I'm high on them this year. They limped into the playoffs somehow some way. Jokic drug them there. Mike Malone was a Good coach, as always, like you mentioned, I think they can uh, be primed and ready for another deep playoff run like they had in the bubble. I would not be surprised.
1: I agree with you on that one wholeheartedly.
0: Let's move into uh, a team you and I know well as Grizzlies fans. We in Minnesota, now let's get to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sorry, we had to throw that in there, T-Wolves fans. But you all have a lot, a lot of things to be excited about this year. You got Cat on that max contract extension. You traded for Rudy Gobert, a, real, a trade that really set the market for the entirety of free agency. It's a massive, massive trade. Um, you, got, you poached one of our guys in Kyle Anderson. You got Brent Forbes. You signed Austin Rivers. Uh, You gave Torian Prince an extension. Wendell Moore was drafted. Josh Minot, a guy out of Memphis, was drafted. But you did give up a ton in that Rudy Gobert trade and Malik Beasley and Pat Bev and Vanderbilt. uh, And Akogi signed with the Suns in free agency as well. So those are all the moves that Minnesota went through. Coop, how are you feeling about uh, the T-Wolves going into next season?
1: I'm just going to read it straight off what I said. Uh, Went all in, but won't pay off. Uh. uh Uh-oh. I think this is gonna be a really good regular season team, um, like most Rudy Gobert teams. But in the end, you're gonna get into the playoffs where Jaron Jackson's gonna be across from you and he's gonna play Rudy Gobert off the court. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it's gonna that's how it that's how it works. Um and I just it, it was funny, Tony Fino where he'd be now, uh playing in the FedEx St. Jude Classic, did it had a really good day one today. Um he's a jazz fan and he said uh Danny Ainge ruined the NBA. And he said it As a friend of Danny Ainge, but he was like, he literally took the Minnesota's present and future for Rudy Mm -hmm. Gobert. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I love Rudy Gobert, but he wasn't worth that. Mm. And Minnesota is going to be in a precarious situation, basically having to live up to was he worth that the entire year. So this is one of those things where you went all in. And if it doesn't pay off with the championship, it's really a bust season for you because you mortgaged your entire future. I mean, there's more unprotected first-round picks in that than <laughs> I've ever seen for exactly. a center. Like a center. Like that's, that's the biggest issue I have here. And the other thing I really find kind of hard is, in my opinion, you're going to play to your strength. You're going to play to your best player. You're going to put people around your best player to make your best player look better. And I believe that's Anthony Edwards. I think Cat's good next to Anthony Edwards. D'Angelo Russell I'm not really sure on. Rudy Gobert, I'm definitely not sure on being a good fit next to Anthony Edwards. I feel like this is one of those things that this is a progress stopper instead of a Mm progression-type tactic for Anthony Edwards. And to me, that kind of hurts. And who knows, Anthony Edwards could blossom and be the all-star type guy that I'm thinking he's going to be next year anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wouldn't have wanted to see a two-center lineup clogging the paint uh, for a guy that is a slasher mentality and just goes and goes and goes to score. Um, but those, that, I think they're going to be a good team. I just don't see it paying off in the playoffs. But where are you at with them?
0: I'm going to start with the positive because, you know me, I've banged on that Rudy Bear trade enough. I've beat it to death, and I'm going to beat it again when I get done with the positives. But uh, the thing that pops off on the paper whenever I was just doing my research is how excited I am about Anthony Edwards. I really believe Ant-Man can make a second year our thirty, third-year, excuse me, John Morant-esque leap, um, a nine-year point jump. I don't know if he can make it nine because he's already averaging 21, 22 points a game. I think he can bump it easily up to 27. I'm really, really excited about what Ant can do. Um, my biggest question is that Rudy Gobert thing. How can him and Cat coexist? Much less Anthony Edwards. We know the floor is going to shrink. I it is not good. I would build around ant mine over cap. that's just me, but we'll see what they do from here on out. I think the go Bear thing, you hit the nail on the head. we're gonna get a bunch of shit. My, the comments are gonna be flooded with, you know, oh you're talking shit about the go Bear trade now when you guys you, when you guys win close to fifty games. The timberwolves are they're gonna be a a damn good regular season team. I, there's no way around that. I think they have a shot to be top six, top five, out of the play-in, like a, a playoff lock. But when you get into the playoffs and Gobert's chasing Draymond Green, or he's <laughs> he's getting his ass busted by Nikola Jokic, like it's not, it's much less if the Clippers go small against you and put Norman Powell or Kawhi Leonard at the five, then you have no shot. They're, People do the same thing against Gobert. It's put the guy in the corner, Gobert's out of the paint, so the three-time defensive player of the year cannot defend the rim. It's simple how you beat them in the playoffs. Now, if you're in an 82-game schedule and you're playing back-to-backs, flying city to city, you don't have time to prep your players for this, so you're a really good regular season team. I don't think they can coexist together. I think they're going to be a great regular season team and get bounced first round in the playoffs. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, I mean... Playoffs are a different thing. That's a seven-game series against the same team within, like, a 15-day span. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing in the playoffs is you go <gasps> and attack the other team's weakness. His weakness is guarding the perimeter. He's in, yes, he racks up the blocks. He does all this and that, but in the paint. In the playoffs, people are going to be like, oh, Stephen Adams, I love you, dog. You're going to chill for a second. We're going to let Darren yep. run the five so we can mm-hmm. space them out of the game. And that's Sad just team. how it's going to happen. That's what happened last season mm-hmm. against a team that didn't have Luka Doncic and you got ran off the court. Yep. Didn't have Luka for the first three games and you still lost that series and only won two games. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's they're yeah. going to be a really good regular season team. I mean, arguably, I think they'll be top six. I don't know where I'd put them. I know I said that about Denver too. It's probably because it's just that loaded. Um, but I just, I can't see it. And I, I don't, I'd probably go as far to say I'm with you on the bounce first round too, because a lot of the Western teams are, like you already mentioned, teams that are going to space you and yeah, kill you for three. I,
0: I look at four teams. Let's just say that you know the order is Golden State. You're not beating them. You're not beating Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the Clippers. You're not going to beat Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. I, I'm sorry, but you're not. You're not going to beat Denver, a team in your division we just talked about, and. You had a chance to beat Memphis. You did everything right. You like you pounded their heads in for games on end, and there was just no way to win. And now your heartbeat of the team, the guy that shut John ja Morant down for so many games is not going to be there. I'm sorry. I'm picking Memphis. So that's just... So that's five teams in the West that I can't see you winning a playoff series against. Now, I will be wrong. I will be the first one to admit I'm wrong. If they go out and beat any one of those five teams, get at me. I don't care. But they're going to be a great regular season team. And again, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs.
1: i would going to you, put Dallas in there.
0: <laughs> I, I, I would too, man. Luka Doncic. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're running out d against Luka. Good luck, man. <laughs> Good luck. Right. Uh, let's go in to the Portland trailblazers. This is the Northwest of the Northwest division. Let me tell you the off season moves. They gave Damian Lillard an, Absolute bag and a half. My lord. I cannot understate that enough. The exciting part of this team, Anthony Simons got a hundred million dollar deal. Yusuf Nurkic, they re-signed, which was surprising. He was in a bunch of trade talks. Jeremy Grant was really the highlight of the trade market. He got traded to the Portland Trailblazers. And Shaden Sharp, the question mark of the draft, was also the question mark of the Summer League. So we'll see what happens there. Another exciting free agency signing is Gary Payton. And the only person that left was Eric Bledsoe, who they waived, and is completely irrelevant now. So, Coop, how are you feeling about Portland?
1: Um, I'm probably in the same place I was with Portland, with CJ McCollum. Um, you have a great guy, top 25 player um, in Damian Lillard, top 10-point guard Damian Lillard. Is it enough around him? Uh, that's, what, that's literally what the question mark going into every single Damian Lillard season has been. And it's the same one going to this one. Um, I love the Jeremy Grant pickup. I love the Gary Payton pickup. I wanted Gary Payton for the Grizz. Super happy. They got a defensive-minded guy to pair next to – they got two in Jeremy Grant and Gary Payton to pair next to uh, Damian Lillard. Um, still got a massive question mark on Shane Sharp because I got to, got to watch him play for literally 2.5 seconds and he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're going to be decent. I think they'll – Probably easily be a play in team that eight or that, uh, yeah, the seven through 10 spot. But in the end, I they're gonna probably uh, dwindle out the same way they kind of always do, which is sad because Damian Lillard signed that massive contract, like you or contract extension, like you mentioned. It's just one of those things where you're like, somebody just wishes you could tell them, Look, dude, you can leave them, it's all right, we all understand you, you're not gonna win here, it's all right, go do what you gotta do. Go do what you got to do. And I just hate to see him kind of just wither away in Portland for his entire career, never to win.
0: Yeah. I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was a two year, $120 million extension. Yeah, and it wasn't was something and, like that. And it wasn't even like the next two years. It's like 27 and 28. So it's like 37, 38 year old Damian Lillard making $60 million a year. Just to be clear, LeBron is going to be making like 48 to 50 in year 20. And at like 38, and that's LeBron James. Can Damian Lillard be that, you know, at thirty, I don't know, but uh what pops off the page for me is I'm excited as hell for Anthony Simons. Um, I, I view them pretty much the same way. You got two small guys in your backcourt. I'm interested in seeing Jeremy Grant contributing to winning again. He did that in Denver, Detroit. And it's, it's like Blake Griffin in Detroit. You fall off the map. <laughs> I don't know. If, is he going to fall completely off? Because whenever – Blake signed with Brooklyn. He dunked, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, he's back!" Now he's not. So can he? Can he actually contribute to winning? Can Jeremy Grant do that? My biggest question is: Can MVP Dame return again? Like I just said, he's going to be 30, He is 32 years old, coming off a big abdominal surgery he finally got done that dated back to him playing back with uh, Team USA. That's why he looks so abysmal there. Um, I think he can because of the way he plays. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I think MVP Dame will be there. I really see them as a play-in team. Um, I don't see them making any noise in the future, but, yeah, that's how I feel.
1: Yeah, and just uh, final touches on them. They got the one of the best players in the NBA. Um, I, can't even, I can't even get it out without laughing, but Justice Winslow is going to be a massive uh, key piece to <laughs> Key piece of this rotation, um. So, bro, Doug, forget- Oh my
0: God, he's shooting, bro. He's hitting all sides of the backboard. <laughs> God, dude, I'm so glad the Grizzlies don't have his sorry ass anymore. Jesus,
1: dude. yeah, he, that's that's See, that that's kind of what scares me is he's going to be a key piece of their rotation. But shout out Justice Winslow. I'm so sad we uh, traded Jay Crowder for you all those years ago.
0: Yeah, hey, Big Nine Nine. I know you're upset in Phoenix. Come back to the M, baby. Come yeah, back come to back to the, to the M. M. All right, now that we've <laughs> Got, God, Justice Winslow just got mentioned on the Hampton News podcast. I love it. It's yeah, been a it's long hard, time. <laughs> I'm glad it's we hard, can laugh justice. about it now and not, like, screaming at each other about it. Yeah, facts. <laughs> all right, let's move into the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a very, very exciting team. Look at their offseason moves, the most obvious of them all, the cockiest of the bunch. Chet Holmgren drafted number two overall. They re-signed Luke Dort, who a lot of people felt like was an overpay. I thought it was all right. Um they drafted Usman Jang. I mean, that was an infamous Nick pick that they traded away. They got two Jalen Williams at number 12 and 34. Uh, they re-signed Mike Muscala, Kendrick Williams, they signed to a contract extension, and they waived Isaiah Roby. So how do you feel about OKC going in the next year?
1: They're keeping keeping the rebuild going. Um, mm-hmm. I think this team got better, um, which is not something I've said about every other team really thus far, but I think they got better. They've continued to acquire young assets. I mean, you have a gazillion and four picks, so you got to hit on one, right? Um, Chet looked awesome in Summer League. We're going to see if it pays off and kind of goes into an actual NBA game. Um, I like the Jalen Williams. They looked really good in Summer League. Uh, Didn't get to see much of Jang, um, but they're building a good core. I love Lou Dort. I did not think that was an overpay. I think that was a great, great deal for him. Um, And I'm interested to see I mean, I love just Alexander. Can you keep going and uh, get even better? Uh, can this team just keep getting better and better? Can they continue to build the culture? Can they kind of get this rebuild kind of pushed out of, like, the? we're just keeping acquiring young assets. Can we finally push it into the stage where, hey, we're going to compete for maybe a play in, maybe a play off? I mean, it's just one of those things where they're kind of in that limbo of, like, are we going to get there now or next year? Like, are we a year away or are we – are we here now? And I, I do think they're a few years away still, but uh, they did get better with this draft class um, and re-signing and keeping Kendrick Williams and uh, Ludor.
0: Yeah, for me, the first thing I wrote down was they're my league pass favorite. Obviously, them in Detroit, we'll talk about them in a uh, different division, but with Giddy, Shea, and Chet, I'm really excited to see how that all fits together. Um, I think this can absolutely be the year where, she- where Shea gets his first all-star appearance you ask around the league and a lot of people feel that way as well are they going to be good enough where OKC can you know really not bench Shay the second half of the season I just want to see him play a full season because if he does he's going to be an all-star uh, another low-key guy I'm excited about is Trey Mann I think he he Really had some exciting things to watch. He, came, he quickly became a fa- fan favorite last year. I remember him and Giddy going off in Madison Square Garden. That was one of the few games I watched of them last year. But Giddy had that triple double there. It was just really fun to watch Giddy and Trey Mann just go off, kind of the future of the league there. My biggest question is, can Chet live up to the hype? I think that they have a fairly like pressureless season. I think they need to be hovering around 500 to be, you know, a success, but can Chet live up to that? Can he be in the rookie of the year race? He's not my pick because there's going to be tons of touches elsewhere on this team, but can he, you know, put himself in, you know, one of the best young players in this league. That's going to be really interesting to watch because so many people have wild ass opinions on him, And <laughs> you and I have talked about him at nauseum. Um, I'm kind of how I am a lot, about a lot of things, we'll, you know, sit back, we'll see. I know it's not good for business, but that's how I feel about Chet. How are you feeling about Chet going into next year?
1: No, I'm the same way. I'm ready to – I really want to look at their schedule and see who they play first because I'm going to be really intrigued to see him go against, like, a really good center. Um, I'm, I'm like, begging for the day where he plays the 76ers because I want to see Joel Embiid versus him. Like, I I think he can be really good. It, his biggest thing is going to be can you hang with some of those bigger guys that are going to bully you, um, which there's not many of them, but there are a handful of them that will take mm-hmm. you to take you to work. Um, and you mentioned – I totally forgot about Josh Giddey, and I'm glad you said him. I love Josh <laughs> Giddey. Um He was a guy that people were talking about Memphis getting at 10 when they moved up, and I would watch his highlights, and I'd be like, hell no. I don't want this dude. He does not look like a, like he can shoot at all. I was like, we don't need players that can't shoot. And he came out and looked incredible his rookie year. Um, had really good games. Had I think three or four triple doubles. Um, as a rookie, which is really impressive, especially with the team around you. Um, I I looked for him to take another jump, and um, I I do think this can be a a contender for a playing team. I don't think this is going to be the team that you've been sitting there watching them be competing for the worst team in the league. Um, sitting all their players playing a bunch of G leaguers the last few weeks of the season. Um, I do think this, it can be a team that, like you said, Shea Gilders-Alexander can be, become an all-star uh, to the point that I feel like he has been playing uh, for the 40 games that he gets to play every year. Um, can they just put it all together? I mean, I've said, I, I use that statement a lot and it's kind of boring, but I mean, at the end of the day, it does come down to, can your team Joe and play kind of the way you're envisioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this is a fun young team. Like you said, league pass material, um, kind of like the Detroit Pistons that we'll get to later. Um, I, I am excited to see this team uh, and how they look. Because on paper, they look really fun. And they're really mm-hmm. young, have a lot of interesting pieces put together. Um, what does it look like in an actual basketball game? So I'll definitely be interested to see how OKC looks. But I'm with you. I think they'll probably be playing probably like that 10th or 9th if they make it and potentially probably out looking in, outside looking at them.
0: With Giddy too, I think he dominated the summer league too. Like, I mean, we saw it. It was like it wasn't even fair to be
1: there. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it it wasn't even fair. Like, and that's always a great sign, you know, with a a young cat like that. A thing that gets underrated about him is his size as well. That goes along with him. He can do all that. He can play make. He can, uh, you know, has excellent ball handling. Uh, ability. I want to see a leap from the jump shot standpoint. Also, want to see that in the shot creation. I just want to see that from Giddy, because um, if they do that, and if Chet can blossom in blossom into a consistent shooter, my God, they're gonna be they're gonna be scary for years yeah. to come. Um, One thousand percent. Well, let's get into this final team. This this team in the Utah Jazz really reminds me of our Brooklyn Nets conversation. Uh, that we had in our last preview last week. If you haven't watched that, go ahead and tap into that. I promise it's all still relevant. But the offseason moves that the Utah Jazz had was in a trade we've talked about already. They got Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, Jared Vanderbilt, and Leandro Barmaro, whoever the hell that is from Minnesota in that trade. Also got Walker Kessler in there as well. Um, of course, Rudy Gobert is gone. Royce O'Neal is gone because they traded him for a first-rounder. Daniel House is gone because he signed with the 76ers. How are you feeling about Utah Jazz and their new practice jerseys?
1: Um, also, to add to that offseason, no more Quinn Snyder. Um. So this is a team, <laughs> yeah. and I, all I literally wrote was, Rebuild mode. I probably Um, should have looked
0: up their coach before you started. Yeah, I couldn't tell you who their new coach is. That's that's on me. I'm sorry.
1: Um, I just remember Quinn Snyder resigned as, as smart man would do, um, because I just wrote rebuild mode, waiting for more moves. Um, I think this team is in full fledged. Danny Ainge is going to take over rebuild. Um, I'm still not sold on Donovan Mitchell lacing up in a Utah Jazz uniform going into the season. I really Mm -hmm. definitely don't see Mike Conley lacing up for the Utah Jazz coming into the season. Not sold on Pat Bev lacing up for the Utah Jazz coming into the season. Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay, the list goes on. Boyan Baddanovich. I just feel like this is an old team that um, couldn't win in the playoffs, and I think it's time to – if you're going to keep Donovan Mitchell, you definitely need to start getting him with the people that need to be next to him. Absolutely. So, um I think this is gonna be a really mediocre season for them. Um I, I I don't see them making the play in. Um you have good players, but I don't know who's gonna be there. This is just such a big massive question mark. And of course they're the reasons that no trade has gone on since the Rudy Gobert trade because they blew the entire market out of the water mm-hmm. um for a mediocre guy.
0: Um <laughs> Or, <laughs> yeah. <know. laughs> I'll pick it up from there. That's, that's a great positive point. I can pick up from that. <laughs> but uh, this is the exact same as the Brooklyn Nets, man. I have 3 pages of notes for the first four teams. I'm on, you know, the fourth page now and a fourth of it is taken up by the Utah Jazz's offseason moves. Thank God they had a lot of them so I should talk about and then a big-ass big question mark underneath it, Donovan Mitchell, like, I, I don't know. I can't analyze this team right now. Even if he's there, I don't think they're anything. So I I, I don't know what's going to going on in Utah. It's full rebuild. Um, we'll see if there can be any signs of life out there. Is Patrick Beverly going to suit up for them? Mike Conley, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't see – because they have a lot of older guys on their roster now. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I really, really wish – that Malik Beasley would have went to a winning team. I feel like a lot of winners need a sniper like him off the bench, but Cooper it is time now for the moment of truth. Give me your rankings five to one of the Northwest division going into the 2022 2023 NBA season. A little bit of a shocker, but I got Utah at five. Oh, okay. Let me check my notes. Yeah, they're really <laughs>
1: Um, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you other than five, this was kind of a difficult one to rank. Cause I kind of feel like two teams can kind of be right there with each other. Yeah. Um, I'm going to switch up for my notes. I wrote OKC four, Portland three, but I really, after talking about them, I, I can see OKC being the third best team in this division and Portland being that fourth one. Okay. Um, I kind of like uh, other, I mean, you know, I love Anthony Simons and I didn't even mention, uh, uh mention him at all until now. Um, for some reason, Portland's just one of those teams that I'm just kind of like, I don't think you did enough to be very good. Um, and I think OKC can maybe shock some people with a full season of uh, Shea, Lou uh Giddy, Chet. Um, and then two, I got Minnesota, because we in Minnesota now.
0: We in and, Minnesota uh, now.
1: I got Denver at one. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Utah Jazz are five. I got, okay, we flip-flop three and four. I think that that was a tough conversation for me, too. I think OKC is going to have a very exciting season. But I mean, four, I feel like it's too low for them. But I just have Portland just because their experience is on their side with Damian Lillard. I think Anthony Simon's having another year. Jeremy Grant, I think he's going to fit in well there. I think that's enough to be third in this division. Uh, moving up to two, it's a team. I mean, th- these are. The team I bash, but Minnesota is going to be second in this division. Like I said, they're going to be really, really good in the regular season. I think they have a chance to win fifty ball games, which is going to be really exciting for them and give them false hope going into the playoffs. So have fun. Uh, and number one team is, I mean, the back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic. Um, he he is going to have a, another MVP esque season. I don't I think his points could take a little bit of a dip, but his assist numbers are going to get even higher with. You know, swinging the ball to Jamal Murray, MPJ, and having KCP there to knock down some big threes for you. Bruce Brown's going to be a great hustle guy. That was a really, really good pickup. Honestly, we were talking about the backup center thing with Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan. I think you should put Bruce Brown there now that I think of it. I think he can play those minutes, and he's he's going to be a good plus-minus guy for me. So, yeah, you and I agree on uh, Denver at number one. So, yeah. Thanks.
1: And like you said, I mean, I literally wrote, Portland three. Okay, C4. I just want to change it up to be a little bit different because I figured you're probably going to say very similar things to me. So just to have a little <laughs> bit of
0: controversy. I love it, man. I love it. No, that, that was fun. I was, whenever we looked at this division, you and I were talking off air about this. It was like, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, okay. And then once I like dove into it, I'm like, all right, this, like, all five of these teams did a ton in the offseason to get better and I think it's a reason why the West is so deep right now because you have divisions like this where you take a glance at and you're like, yeah, I mean, there's pretty solid teams in there, but then you look at Denver can be a real, real contender. Minnesota would not shock me at all if they made a real good run and were a really good regular season. OKC, you don't know if they can have a big jump and Chet Holmgren makes an immediate impact and Shea could be an all-NBA player. And then Portland, I mean, with Damian Lillard, it's – in clutch moments, you have the best guy on your side. And for Utah, cool. <laughs> Sorry, Empty bro. stats
1: for Donovan Mitchell if he stays.
0: Hey, Hey, keep that uh, twenty and above streak going. That's all I ask. Don't James Harden that ish, man. I don't want to see. There you go. I don't want to see no fat ass Donovan Mitchell running up and down the Hello. court. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Kyle Lowry, ass yeah, Humpty Dumpty. All right. Anyway. Dang. Let's, let's get up off of here the before, strays. We get, before we get in trouble. we get in trouble. Um, Coop, it was fun. As always, we will have a, another division for you next Friday that will drop as well. Um, be sure to, if you're a Grizzlies fan, Grizz Talks drop on Thursday. And we are here Monday through Friday now. So be sure to tap in, mash that like and subscribe button. And thank you all so much. And Coop, I hope you have a fantastic night, my friend.
1: You too, brother.